Coming up on Podcast 1540, a new Deutsche Bank report says the Chinese Vs that are arriving in Europe already are impressive, and I'll tell you why. Stick around. Also on the show today, Ford hiring Tesla staff with a background in sourcing EV materials. We have a look at FedEx receiving uh, new electric vans for deliveries and why the biggest battery maker for EVs in the world, CATL, go from strength to strength with new technologies coming. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you're listening to the world. It's EV News Daily, a trusted source of EV information, those stories and a lot more coming up today on your weekend edition, Saturday 23rd of July. My name is Martin Lee. I go through every EV story so you don't have to. Right, big disclaimer first of all, yes, I do know that Herbert Deese is leaving VW at the end of August to be replaced by the current head of Porsche as the chairman of the Volkswagen Group. But there is so much to dig into with that story and it's literally just breaking news that I'll put out a special edition podcast probably over the weekend or maybe beginning of the week when I've digested the news but also the reaction to it as well. So rather than just give it a mention now and be done with it, I reckon it deserves a whole podcast because... That's interesting. What's he done for VW? What happens to VW's electrification strategy next? Where does he go? Where does he turn up next? Why is he leaving so quickly after just signing a new contract to stay? Is something going wrong with VW EVs? We know the sales aren't great. Software's not great. Or has he had a better offer? And VW's board said, off you go. Did he quit? Was he fired? Was he pushed? Lots to discuss. And what does it mean for the cars that you and I want to buy in the coming years from Volkswagen? Well, a lot to discuss. I think we'll do a whole separate podcast on that, which broke pretty late Friday night, my time. Right, let's get into the news. And a Deutsche Bank report says how they feel about Chinese electric vehicles. They've been test driving them in Norway. Deutsche Bank hosted their first ever Chinese EV ride and drive event with their investors. They went to Oslo in Norway last week. They drove cars like the Neo ES8, Xpeng P7, Zika 01, Iways U5. And let's read some of the report out that uh, Deutsche Bank had given to their investors because this is firmly based in should you put your money in certain places. So they're Got no skin in the game, if that makes sense. They're just driving the Chinese EVs that are making their way to European shores and telling us what they think. Let's have a read of the report. They say, and I quote, We found the design of these vehicles to be at least on par with traditional OEMs in terms of interior, exterior styling and finish. The Xpeng P7 was sportier and sleekier in, sleeker in person uh, with a more masculine feel compared to a Model 3. The Zika 001 adopted the boldest design with a shooting brake body, which we believe could resonate well with European customers looking for a station wagon. Build quality was high across the board, especially on the Neo ES8 with a premium interior cabin, finishes, no panel gaps, and both models have been localised for the Norwegian market with local sat-nav, voice recognition, ADAS and audio. We tested out all these features in English and while not perfect, performed better than most comparable legacy products in terms of the user experience and responsiveness, clearly taking some cues from Tesla. High level, we came away with increased confidence that local EV makers will take meaningful share from legacy brands from China. The products are a generational improvement from the low-end compact cars we witnessed last decade. And although this should not come as a surprise, driving the vehicles in person for half an hour really hammered home the point. We encourage all our investors to get behind the wheel. Around 10% of all EV registrations in Norway in June 
were Chinese-owned or backed brands. And while a relatively small market, we do see Norway as the first battleground for China EV makers to experiment and fine-tune their marketing and operations before entering larger countries. Look, that report goes on. I'll pop a full link to that story in the show notes if you'd like to read more. Long-term listeners of this podcast, I know, know that I have been banging the drum for a very long time. The Chinese EVs are coming. The German legacy brands, and by the way, I think legacy is often used as a derogatory term, and I don't mean it. It's a way of describing the VWs, BMWs, Mercedes-Benz of the world. I think they should know by now what's coming. If anyone in those organisations does not fully appreciate what's coming, they got a rude awakening uh, coming their way. Because, for instance, I drive one. Okay, it's got an MG badge on the front, and it's made by SAIC. But it's mostly my wife's car, to be honest with you, because she ferries the kid around in it. And she does not care in the slightest where that car is made. It's because it's an SUV style, which she likes. MG, she kind of recognises, okay, is that like a British thing? But But you know what? It's got nice seats, and it's got you know, heated seats and it's got long range and it charges quick enough for her. And it was really, really cheap. And does she care it's made in China? Absolutely not. Seven year warranty. And when it did go wrong, we bought this, what, October, November last year, uh, October last year, uh, when it did have a problem with some water in a footwell because of the seal, MG took it back. No problem. Car came back a week later tested with you know high high water pressure etc cetera, etc cetera, and we haven't had a problem since so all done under warranty so like i know my wife is a sample size of one but she does not care like maybe you're into cars and i'm into cars and sometimes people look at the that badge badge snobbery there are so many people that don't and if you don't if people aren't paying attention now to the chinese cars coming to western markets they are going to get so surprised so in norway yeah Neo, Xpeng, Zika, Iways. A couple of weeks ago, I was hosting an automotive conference and I sat down for a, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, fireside chat. I got to talk, I got to interview the vice president of Neo. His name is Hui Zhang. And he was deeply impressive. Um, I think he, I think he, I appreciated the questions I was asking because I'm deep into EV world. So I was asking some pretty in the weeds questions about battery swapping, about, uh, you know, the carbon impact of, you know, driving around with a small battery, but then swapping to a big battery for those occasional long trips that you do. He was like, yes, like you get it right. Absolutely. Okay. I like this question. He got, and he got really into it because it wasn't just the surface stuff I was talking about. Um, and just from the time I spent with him, and it's very rare that you get to talk to the, you know, the VP of Neo in Europe. I was really impressed with him, the company, and the things that he could, you know, he told me it was all on the record because I didn't really get a chance to talk to him, you know, and, and he wouldn't, you know, he doesn't know who I am. He wouldn't tell me off the record stuff. But I talked to his people afterwards and they're like, great, well, let's get you, you know, over to Germany, and, you know, because that's the, the market they're entering next this summer. And we'll show you all around what we're doing, uh, you know, at Neo. And I appreciate that. Um, I also got to spend some time with the CEO of Lincoln Co. And again, I found uh, him really, really um, impressive in terms of his understanding of consumers and the fact that European buyers are increasingly, with with the move to EVs and, you know, whatever you want to call it, the iPhoneification of cars, the computer on wheels, we ne- wheel out the cliches all you want. But this move away from combustion engineering to electric, it's a once 
in a generation opportunity for these brands to enter on a, on a level playing field. It's really, it's really hard to make a fantastic combustion engine that has loads of torque, low vibration, um, and is super impressive. It's easier to do that in electric world. So you, they've moved, they, it moves the goalposts. And again, if anyone at those existing big car companies don't realise that, and I'm sure they all do by now, they must do, right? Because I'm an idiot on a podcast, and I've been saying it for years. These Chinese cars are coming, and that Deutsche Bank report is pretty much echoing everything I've been saying for a very long time. Right, let's move on then. CATL are next in the news, the world's biggest EV battery maker, confirming production of their new batteries. They're called the M3P. And if you think that stands for Tesla Model 3 Performance, which I when I saw the headline that their new M3 bat, M3P batteries are arriving, I was like, oh, Model 3 Performance. No, they have called them M3P, but they're not Tesla batteries. They are coming a new chemistry, very similar to what else they're working on. So they're working on, you know, they have lithium ion phosphate batteries, which are slightly less energy dense, but much, much cheaper. They call them LFP, self-lithium ion phosphate. Uh, CATL are also working on LMFP, lithium manganese ion phosphate, which I'd mentioned about a week ago on the podcast that that's coming along. Now, these M3P batteries are another kind of technology, by the way, and they are now already in production and that's interesting to me because there's a lot of battery news that i could report and otherwise we're doing a battery podcast but these are in production and they're going to be mainstream they hit the market next year in serious serious numbers now uh, the company calls them and get ready for this a ternary lithium battery of the phosphate chemistry system I think I know what that means, regardless of what it means. The M3P batteries from CATL would deliver better energy density than lithium-ion phosphate, but with cost parity. In other words, they're better and cheaper than what else is out there on the market. So they just keep improving. CATL also investing $2.1 billion in a new production facility. Another one, this one in the Shandong province. They disclosed in an exchange, uh, like a regulatory filing that I found on on Thursday, uh, two days ago. So, um, you know, they CATL installed about 13 and a half gigawatt hours of batteries in the month of June alone in EVs. That's 50% of the entire Chinese, well, 49.6 of the entire Chinese market of EV batteries, right? That's mega. And so it's a company that we should pay attention to and who they're supplying. Oh, yesterday I mentioned they'll be supplying Ford for 600,000 worth uh, EVs from the end of 2023. That was big Ford news, by the way, yesterday. And a thing that I missed because there was like a follow-up call with the media after the the Ford press announcement. Um, In that call, they talked about one of the execs they hired recently from Tesla. Her name is Annie Liu. Um, She is a battery... Uh, head of supply chain, battery raw materials expert. She comes from Tesla, uh, and she is now guiding Ford through the ongoing supply challenges and material costs. Uh, securing minerals, materials, metals is key to any EV maker that is serious about doing this and not just paying lip service to it. Ford are working now to localise raw materials for their batteries in the very long term, and they're working with companies for lithium, graphite, aluminium, nickel, cobalt, more as well. Uh, she said, battery raw material is in critical supply for the entire EV industry. Ford is taking an important step to secure raw materials directly from mining companies, and we're building an EV supply chain that's geographically diverse, end quote. So, look, 
everything I said yesterday still applies. And I said this on the Inside EVs podcast as well. Um, at criticism of some of the viewers of that podcast, which is saying, oh, you know, you're a, you're a Ford boy because I don't rate them as highly as what GM are doing. Um, I don't care. I, got, I don't own shares in either of them. I don't care if they win or lose. But um, at Ford, it seems, are doing everything right, if you ask me, in terms of supply chains, going back to the mine, raw materials. That's what you're going to have to do in EV world if you want to know where your batteries are coming from in 10 years' time. And you you know, you know, don't just want 100,000 of them, but you want 10 million of them. That's what you're going to have to do as a big car company. Uh, VW are doing it, building their own six gigafactories on the European continent, uh, and Ford are doing it as well. Right, coming up on the podcast very, very soon, uh, we'll talk a little bit about FedEx and the US Postal Service going electric and the most popular fuel type for business cars in the UK. If the answer isn't electric, that's going to be a rubbish tease that I've just given you. Stick around, those stories, they're on the way. All righty-ho. Let's talk a little bit about uh, the US Postal Service increasing their mix of electric delivery vans. Uh, The US Postal Service earlier this week uh, saying it will order 25,000 electric vehicles as part of their initial 50,000 purchase of new delivery trucks. So that's up from what it was, but that's still saying half of the trucks we're going to buy that could be on the road for the next 20 or 30 years are going to be disgusting, dirty, polluting vehicles that will harm you and your family, in other words. They're trying to spin it as like, oh, hey, we've upped it to half of of them are going to be electric. It's not good enough. U.S. Postal Service, 40%. They say 40% of the 84,000 vehicles that they're going to order in the next 10 years will be battery-powered. So that's even less than half. It's just not good enough. Um, They are facing challenges in court over their agreement with the defense company Oshkosh, uh, who originally were going to provide just 20% of that initial order uh, to be pure electric. Now they're up to 50%, probably to try and head off at the past these legal challenges. The Postal Service stood to receive $6 billion of federal money from uh, President Biden's Build Back Better plan. Um, but I don't imagine they'll be getting too much money to uh, buy those combustion vehicles. That is going to rumble on and on. I know they want praise for upping that mix. Uh, they're not going to get any from me. They're still ordering a ton of dirty diesel cancer-causing vehicles. It's not funny, US Postal Service. I know you've got your nice, nice fancy deal with the defence company that is, I'm sure, well embedded with various politicians and lobbying, etc., etc., Hope you sleep well at night. It's not good enough. Let's move on. Uh, Let's talk a little bit about FedEx and how they're going pure EV on the long term to deliver your parcels with electric vehicles. And uh, they are turning to Bright Drop, the GM-owned Bright Drop. They've just received their first 150 electric delivery vehicles from Bright Drop from General Motors. Uh, The Zevo or Zevo 600s, as they now call them, they changed the name slightly. Uh, have been delivered throughout Southern California to FedEx Express, powered by the Ultium platform. Uh, they'll do 250 miles on a full charge. Uh, FedEx is building a charging infrastructure network across their facilities, more than 500 charging stations across the company in California so far, working with utility companies to determine the capacity they need and how they can work with the grid. Yeah, especially if these delivery vans are not delivering overnight, for instance. There's uh, some serious work you can do with the utility companies there to uh, perhaps 
take the energy from them when they're parked up and the grid needs it. And then maybe, you know, between two o'clock and six o'clock in the morning when the, the grid is quiet uh, to recharge those vehicles. Really, really exciting opportunities in terms of fleets. You know, if you, if, you, know, if you own... 10 vehicles, that's interesting. If you own 100,000 vehicles, it gets really serious in terms of the money that you can make by being part of the energy system, which is simply not an opportunity if you're running diesel vehicles. So they can actually make you money. I know. Everyone should be buying EVs for their fleets. Now let's talk a little bit about the Geely-backed company, Chinese company, Geely, uh, backing the likes of Polestar, uh, obviously, Volvo, Lincoln Co., and Zika. That's an all-electric, high-end brand. Don't talk about it too much. But they did reveal yesterday on Friday uh, that their new uh, MPV, people carrier, this looks like a 789-seater in the picture to me. It's going to be called the Zika 009. They released a preview image. The outline, really, was a fancy pants outline. But I think the reason they did that was because the uh, website Xcar uh, revealed a, a photo of the Zika 009 in testing, and it's dirty, and it's not the image that you'd want because it's a test vehicle. Uh, but it is, it's like a big van. You know, it's just a typical MPV. It looks kind of nice, good styling, but it's just a big van. That brand is all electric, so we look forward to seeing uh, when that comes. Now, GAC, the Chinese company GAC Group, they have their subsidiary, the ION, and they said that the production capacity of their second factory is on target to start in Q4, which is 400,000 all-electric vehicles coming out of their second facility, which is a mega number because... That's an annual capacity of just one brand, GAC Ion. Back in February, I brought you news about this, the expansion of their two facilities, uh, the original one up to 200,000 cars a year, and their new facility, uh, which at the time I told you back in February was going to come on stream in December. And that new story today confirming they were on target for that 400,000 vehicles a year, uh, which is split between the five models. They've got the Ion S, LX, V, Y, and LX. Uh, they also have their thousand kilometer version which has a 144 kilowatt hour battery based on the chinese uh nedc rating so it's not a thousand kilometers but look if it's you know, if it's 350 400 miles that is all good i mean the the energy density of the batteries they use in that are actually a little it's actually quite a way below what tesla are using at the minute in the chinese made model 3 and model y so it's not like they are smashing it with battery technology they just put a really big battery pack inside it to, to, to get that big number but they got some good stuff coming with battery tech so i won't give them a hard time in the u.s vinfast are still announcing various bits and bobs about their uh move to uh, the u.s market talking about a partnership with iheart radio in the vf8 and the vf9 the crossovers uh, they're going to use the iheart radio infotainment system on their screens to bring you podcasts, streaming music and radio stations. And the reason I bring you that story, because it's, it's pretty insignificant, actually, that they, you know, I mean, great, they did the, they did the deal. But what's interesting is I was reading the story, I thought, you know, that means VinFast have got the resources and the boots on the ground to be sitting in meetings with iHeart talking about, can you be on our infotainment display? And that is is a good sign because we know very little about VinFast and we're giving them the benefit of the doubt right now. We think their first North American plant, the groundbreaking, is going to take place at Chatham County, North California, by the end of this year. But they've got nothing on sale at the minute that we can buy. They're making a lot of noise and spending a lot of money as well. 
But just the fact that they were at that kind of granular level of detail, I'm like, hmm, actually, I'm interested in that. I think that might be the real deal. We'll wait and see. Now let's talk a little bit about uh, the fuel type released by the British Vehicle Rental and Leasing Association, the BVRLA. Petrol is no longer the most popular fuel type for vehicles being leased in the UK. And if the answer to this question isn't electric, it's a rubbish story to feature on this podcast, so you won't be surprised. But which popular fuel type is now the number one for vehicles being leased in the UK? Oh, that would be electric, overtaking petrol for the very first time to be the most leased fuel type in their latest leasing report. 32% of new orders of leased vehicles are full electric and zero emissions. They say the sector, in terms of business leased vehicles could actually hit the phase out target by 2030 in the UK because we are about five years ahead of, of most countries um, even quicker with years to spare they say if the, the current graph carries on going where it's going but they do say the UK government must resist the urge to pull the handbrake on the major tax benefits that we get so yeah we get a thing called I won't go into it now benefit in kind if you get a company car it's a benefit uh, but it's not a financial benefit it's a benefit in kind um, but If you drive a a petrol diesel car, uh, you have to pay a ton of money in company car tax out of your pocket for the benefit of having a company car that you can use to run your errands at the weekend, personal use. Whereas if you have a company car paid for by your business, but you get to take it home at the end of the day and use it to do your family stuff in, it's now 2%. It was 1%. It's a tiny, tiny amount that you pay out of your pocket for having that benefit. Please, UK government, uh, don't realise that this is a mega, mega deal, um, a bit like salary sacrifice. Please, nobody in our, our terrible government that we have, um, please nobody realise that both benefit in kind and salary sacrifice are the two best things that are going for EVs in the UK right now um, and massively driving demand. Now, secret shoppers are next in the news. Traditional dealers are better at selling EVs than the startups. Traditional automakers who sell both electric vehicles and combustion cars are providing a better shopping experience than an EV-only startup, according to a new study that was done. Piper Management Company is a research firm that uses secret shoppers to evaluate customer satisfaction in various sectors, and they've gone into car dealerships for this report. They inquired at 1,657 different uh, dealerships or purchases like online startups, different ways of buying an EV uh, over the last 12 months. And their annual study shows that by following up with in-person visits for those that do operate dealerships and many other startups don't, or by phoning them and contacting them online for those that are online direct sellers, um, that Cadillac provided the best shopping experience, followed by Infinity and Mercedes. The electric-only brand Rivian was the worst experience, uh, followed by Lucid and Polestar. They say that dealerships provided a better experience than trying to contact these direct sales companies, Tesla, Rivian, etc., on the phone or online chat. And I say all the time, I think a great dealer is the best thing in the world for EVs. I think a bad dealer is the worst thing. It's an easy target. It's It's like estate agents, you know, an easy target. It's a cliche. Oh, all car dealers are bad. But a good one, and I've had some great experiences in which I advocate for them because they hold the customer's hand through what is potentially a difficult time, understanding how much battery size they need, battery charging, availability of cars, etc., etc. Good dealers are worth their weight in gold. Bad ones give the entire industry a bad reputation. So, 
You can't tar all with one brush. Now, the EV battery health, the state of health, not state of charge, but state of health, must be a consideration when you buy a car, according uh, to this story here. That when we're looking at used cars, you look at the age of a car, you look at a mileage of a car, but we must introduce state of health as one of those key metrics. Uh, New legislation might even be required. Speaking ahead of the July 27th Auto Trader Road to 2030 report, their brand director of auto trader, Mark Palmer, suggesting it was inconceivable that an EV's available range is not part of the residual valuation of every used EV. But it's not at the minute, is it? Now, one of the sponsors of this podcast, as you know, is Recurrent Auto. Now, RecurrentAuto.com provide battery reports, and their technology is doing exactly that. So, disclaimer, I am sponsored. One of our partners of the podcast is RecurrentAuto.com. But here, Auto Trader saying, look, we have to have this technology where you can not only say, oh, how many miles has that car done? All right, you know, what colour is it? And what's the range? But what's the battery state of health? It's a key metric when buying used electric vehicles. Now, the former Hyundai Motor UK president, Tony Whitehorn, now consults for other OEMs and car retailers, saying that the bulk of battery degradation happens in the first six years of an EV's life. But the way that car retailers inform their customers in a used car environment um, is needs to be more transparent and understood. And that's your podcast for today. Question of the week, taking a wee break for a while, but it will return. You can email me anytime about anything. My address is hello at evnewsdaily.com. Thanks to our premium partners of the podcast, Phil Roberts of Electric Future, Brad Crosby, Porsche of The Village in Cincinnati, Audi of Cincinnati East, Volvo Cars of Cincinnati East, National Car Charging on the US mainland and Aloha Charge in Hawaii, Derek Riley from the EV Review Island YouTube channel, Richard at rsev.co.uk for buying and selling EVs in the UK, Octopus Electric Juice, they will sort out all of your charging needs. They have one card, one map, one app, and they make charging simple. And milbrookcottages.co.uk. Book yourself a wonderful weekend, maybe a week, long weekend break away, and treat yourself. Just check out milbrookcottages.co.uk. They're big into their EVs, their family-run business. Thanks for listening. Have a good and see you tomorrow. And remember, there is no such thing as a self-charging hybrid.